Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Welcome to episode number 126 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media and presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. And it's been a while since we have checked in with Tyler Glass now of the Tampa Bay Rays. This is a new look for us. Where are we? Same place, just in a different chair. I didn't charge my computer, so I moved the table over. So it's just a shifted view of what we had last time. Are you plugged into the wall or are we going to lose you like 23 minutes into this session? No, I'm plugged in. I'm ready to rock. That's a nice kitchen, by the way. Very stylish. It is, yeah. Very fancy. Okay. You know what you're missing? Hmm. Where's your captain's hat? Oh, yeah. Where's my It's over there. Hold on. Yes. I'll debut it. For people that forgot, remember he talked about wanting to like learn how to drive a boat while he's injured. So we sent him a captain's hat. Here we go. I Here cannot wait for the room. It's back. Oh. It's on. <laughs> there we go. How's it looking? Doug and a captain? It says Captain Glass on the side. Right? I know. Very fancy. I feel oh. pretty special. By the I got to wear it on the boat. I got to wear it on the boat when I go. You've worn it? Nice to get it? No, I haven't. I haven't worn it on the boat. I have to. I know. I know. It's been sitting here, though. It was readily available. So, you know, I've been I've been looking at it very frequently, if that gives me any points. Do you know that we blew our entire budget on that cap? <laughs> All right. I'll put it to use. Next time I go on the boat, it will. I'll definitely do it. Have you Just done any boating? Is limited. A little bit, yeah. So uh, the boat club thing I joined, the place I'm at, like the availability, because it's in the best spot with like fishing and all that stuff. It's like impossible to get a boat. But the other places that were like by Megan uh, up in Tampa, it's good. And then they have a like a little beach house with a boat there. So I think like most of the boating has been like on the weekends if we go there and just boat around like Anna Maria Island area, which is like a sweet spot in Florida. So is this, um, I, I'm not familiar with boating. I, I'm not a mm-hmm. boat fan. I get very nervous on the water. I get okay. nervous anywhere, but I really get nervous on the water. Is it like driving lessons? Do you have to have a certain number with an instructor or they just like figure it out yourself? It's kind of like the, you, this, like, so say you wanted to buy a boat and boat, like you don't even need to get a license in Florida. It's just like, whatever, have fun. Like, and it's kind of difficult to learn. Like you kind of get the hang of it, but I think it's more trial, trial and error type thing. But I went... Uh, the company that I did that boating thing through makes you do like an online license thing. It took a couple hours and then I had to go in person and actually do like a, like a class and all that stuff. And I just think it's like the more you go, the better you get at it. And, um, but yeah, it's pretty lax as far as the rules go. It's like very opposite of California. It's very Florida. It is very Florida, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, figure it out. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like what are the rules of the water? I don't even know. Like if you're leaving, if you're going to like a small body of water to a bigger, it's like green, like the signs on the, it's basically like a highway essentially. And like green is on your right going out to a bigger body of water. And then if you're coming back into like a channel or a smaller body, it's like red, right return. So you want to be on the right side of the posts and like, it's pretty standard. It's just the hardest part is like knowing like low tide, high tide and like where like the sand parts are and like if you stay in the channels you're like generally good because a lot of them are like dug out deeper uh-huh. but if you want to go off faster or somewhere else like you just have to make sure you don't like get like stuck and i've seen it happen a bunch i haven't done it like personally yet but i will but for the most part like 
it's i don't know it's just that happens often like you hit your engine on the bottom of like you, the bay or the sand and it kind of messes it up do you air it out a little bit you let it really let when it i out. can like in, a, in like a safe i think too because i am new like generally like i'm not trying to go crazy to start but yeah i think once you're comfortable enough and you have space and room and like it's it's pretty safe generally like i'll, I'll use the full throttle it though the boats that they have aren't like super duper fast but i mean they get they get up pretty well but i don't i'm not really trying to like die or anything so i, no, I keep don't. it like yeah i know i know i keep it pretty relaxed yeah we've had a lot of discussions with you about just trying anything so i just want you to this is fine to try but let's right it's, it's a lot safer than driving i'll say so like i mean if, definitely yeah. safer than driving so especially I mean, in florida that is yeah. the worst driving state around it's terrible is it i don't oh. know i think yeah maybe i don't terrible. really notice maybe i'm the bad driver then if i don't notice oh what are you driving these days? I don't even know. I have a BMW X6, but I want to get a Tesla really bad. So I got to wait till I get a house though, so I can charge it. Like, I think the idea of having a Tesla without having like a permanent like home station or whatever, yeah. like if I go somewhere else or it's just like, wow, it doesn't make sense. I got one of the first Teslas. I had it within the first six months. And I just got rid of it last fall. Which one is that? The... It was the original, the S model. Tesla Roadster or whatever? Or whatever was it was. It wasn't, it wasn't the cool one that could drive itself or park itself or anything. But Still, it was, it was like a nice, even yeah. the first ones are nice, yeah. I, I liked it. And then, you know, because gas prices are absolutely insane. <clears throat> we, do, we do have a, we have an e-tron, an Audi e-tron. Oh, yeah. I was actually looking at those. Those are cool. Yeah. So we let our 16-year-old son drive that one because we haven't gotten him a, a third car yet. Yeah. Um, we're still trying to figure out what to do with him. But the e-tron's nice doesn't drive it looks like super it. nice it's yeah. like a very nice i think it's the best looking one out of all the it electric is. cars that are coming out so that was kind of what like drew me to it but what made you not want to stick with tesla um well i had i still had some value on it believe it or not like i was Ooh. shocked that i sold it for what i sold it for yeah so and the used car market got like kind of gnarly like yeah. pretty expensive yeah pretty good so probably a good time to sell it but i'm not so sure you would be comfortable in a tesla Probably like the Model X or something. Like I've sat in them before and driven them and like, I kind of like them. I don't okay. like, I don't know. I'm not a huge car guy. I think it's more of a, just like get from A to B. And me, I don't really like both. Yeah. I don't really care to be honest. Like I would drive like anything, but I just like the way the BMW looked, I guess. So I got it and I, I guess I kind of want an electric car. So I'll figure Let, that out. Let's check in on your family. Weren't they going to Europe the last time we spoke? Yeah. They just got back. They had an awesome time. Um, they went to a bunch of cool spots. They did a bunch of stuff. The pictures were cool. They went like their itinerary was nuts. They were going for like three weeks and they saw friends out in like like Como and like all this crazy stuff. And I think they were happy to be back just like because it was so much moving around and like staying in one place for like a few days and going to the next one. But they had an awesome time. I like checked up on them during the trip and then now they're just kind of home relaxing and they're both retired now. So it's like I don't know, less stressful of a life so they can kind of just leisure around, I guess. <laughs> will, they, will they come visit you at all? Or? Yeah, yeah, for sure. My dad has, uh, like he just had, he had like a foot surgery done a while ago oh. and that's recovering. So he's going to get the other one done. So they might not be able to travel for a while, but he feels a lot better, which is really good. So that's, good. I think like once he's like healed and ready to go, they'll come and see me a lot. Maybe in like September at the end of the year, if there's a chance, but if not, I'll just go to them during like an off season. 
Well, you know, he could always get treated by the Tampa Bay Rays medical staff because they don't have enough of that shit going yeah, on. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, like, I don't think there's any room. <laughs> I mean, holy smoke. We're taping this at a time where you're in the middle of the series against the Yankees. And last night, Margot ran into the wall and it had to be carted Sucks. off. And Meyer hurt his hip or something. And yeah, I mean, who's got the uh, who's got the Rays voodoo doll this year? I don't know. I really don't know what it is. I also think, too, like baseball just randomly like that kind of just happens like you just sometimes you get hurt a lot and sometimes you don't. And I'm sure too, like not blaming on anything. Like you play baseball, you're going to get hurt at some point, but like, I don't know, maybe like the turf adds to it, but I mean, it's hard to say. Cause like there's other places with turf and I just think it's like that. Just something happened. Like you said, maybe it's some sort of voodoo, but it just seems like everyone's going down. And I think like too, the way, like we do throw a lot, I guess as far, but it's not even like a lot of bullpen arms right now. I mean, there are bullpen arms that are hurt, but. It seems to be like a mix of position players too. So I think just think it's kind of unlucky at this point. How's the, uh, I, I know you're not always around the team, but you are during the home series and stuff. This has been a, this has been a really tough area for the Rays. You haven't gone through this sort of shit in a little while as a team. Haven't yeah. played well. Yeah. Look up and I know baseball players don't check the standings the way the fans do, but you can't help but notice you're 14 at this point behind the Yankees. And you're like, Jesus, yeah. what it how's the morale honestly since i'm not there like you said like when i go home it seems pretty similar to what it usually is i think we're pretty good at understanding like the ebbs and flows and and too like what we mentioned i guess just with the injuries like you kind of like it would be different if all of us were healthy and we just weren't playing well but like there's a lot of things going on right now to where it's like there's probably pointless to sit there and like panic about not winning but like when half your team is hurt and like there's just so many other things going on it's hard to like I don't know. I just think too, it comes to coaching staff in front office. Like it's not a very big, like panic now, you know, like freak out. It's like, we've, like you said, we have done well for so long. It's not like right now we're not playing relatively well. It's not like we're going to go change anything. So like sitting there panicking about it really doesn't, it doesn't do much, but for the most part, the morale and the guys, like same thing. I think there's still a lot of confidence around uh, like the clubhouse and the players know how good of a team we are. And then I think if we can slowly get a bunch of people back, I think we're just going to start playing better and better. So, and I know a lot more guys are going to come up the aisle here shortly so and i'm sure after like the all-star break it's probably going to be a good break for everyone and hopefully pick back up and just start playing well again where where are you these days in terms of yes good i throw i feel really good starting to do mound stuff um like just normal like soreness nothing like crazy just like throwing and then recovering throwing recovering but it's been cool like figuring out like the baby steps of like each week how to like you really start to understand like small little things and like, Oh, okay. I'm tight. Maybe it's my lat or my pack. And like, you start to find like the chain of what tightness and stuff is coming from. But I feel like I asked so many different people who've had TJ, like what they feel and stuff. And I just feel like I've been doing like recovery wise. It's been great. Like it's coming out really, really good timing wise. I don't feel any different than like, I think that was my biggest worry was like not throwing for so long and coming back and trying to find like my release point, like the feeling. And like, I'm very like OCD about like the feeling of my body and mechanics. And it's just been like, Oh, weird. I feel great. Like every day, some days are better than others, obviously, like even in a normal season, that's kind of how it is. But um, I just feel like when I do kind of get the repetition on the mound, like I'm going to, I just feel really strong and good and healthy. So I'm, I'm just, it's still like a waiting game. You can't like expedite the process, but I guess like my head is very low stress about all of it. So what do you, where are we right now? Are you throwing flat ground from 90 feet? Where are you? I'll do like a short box. It's like you get on the mound next week where you throw like 50 feet 
as opposed to 60 feet, six inches. So like you just kind of like get the feeling of the slope. So I'll do that next week and then start. And by the way, what do you do that at 70%? Do they just tell you? to? Yeah. Take easy? Yeah. There's like a, there's like a velo range on like what you're supposed to stay at. And like, I don't know if I'm like a true hundred thousand percent believer in that. I think everyone's like different. I think I want my everything to move like fluidly. And I guess if you're off by like one or two miles per hour on the radar gun, like even on flat ground, they just want you to stay below a certain number, which is probably a, a good idea. Just kind of get a feel for where you're at. So I've just been kind of staying in those thresholds of like what they give me. And I think it's like the max I can hit right now is like 87. And that's like not that hard. So I'm just kind of like on flat ground. Like, it's, I mean, comparatively, it's not like, I don't, you know what I mean? It's So I'm at like 120 feet, 90 feet, just kind of getting smooth, like starting to add more and more each week. But it, it feels really good. So how many times a week do you throw baseball? Three? Five. Oh, you do throw. Oh, that's nice. I'm basically in like normal, like my, it's like my normal throwing program. Like I don't go past 120 in regular seasons anyway. Like I'm, I'm not a big long toss guy. Huh. Um, so every day feels like I'm in normal season. Like it's not other than like the amount of throws at each thing. And like having, instead of being like, oh, I want to throw a couple more today. I just kind of have to follow the template, which is fine. But for the most part, it's like pretty normal. Feeling good. I like that. Digging it. Yeah. How you feeling? I, I feel old as shit. I gotta be honest. <laughs> with you. I have today was the first time I worked out in 10 days. I've got a little bit of a heart thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've, you can uh, probably fix it, but you keep working out. I'm not a doctor, but it's probably a good start I, for sure. No, I know, but you know, it's a it's a heart arrhythmia thing. Yeah, okay. So there's days where I have it and I can't I can't exercise when I'm having an arrhythmia, like a it's just old. like a skip of yeah, it's like an extra beat that gets thrown in there. I'm not exact, I'm no cardiologist, but I've spent enough time with one recently. So yeah, yeah I might. Get Isn't that like normal though? Isn't that like a pretty standard? I know athletes who have like arrhythmias. I obviously yeah. I don't know like what the. You but know, I know it does some, more than anything. Athletes. It huh. freaks you out. So I'll yeah. get in it, and I'm only in it for a couple hours, and then it just kind of goes away on its own. Like I don't take anything. I just try and hydrate myself as much as possible. I'll lie down, but when it happens at night. Like sometimes I'll get it at 11 o'clock at night. I'm up till three or four in the morning and just like overthinking it, like kind of yeah. having that. Yeah, I get it. And then I'm just fucked for the next day and I'm exhausted and all that sort of stuff. What do you, when you work out, does it get better or worse? Or is it not like there's no, no, I just worked out for like with my trainer for an hour over zoom is how we do it these days. Nice. And I felt good. Like I wasn't, but you know, she kind of got me back into it slowly. She's like, We're yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. go full throttle here. Yeah. Does it help when you work out with music? Does it help you like st like get into a rhythm or are you more of a no music guy? I am a no music guy. So obviously when I'm doing a Zoom with her, it's just I right. have to be able to hear her and all that sort of stuff. But when I'm on my own or when I'm with. So here's one thing my wife and I do. This is how we keep things fresh after 25 years of marriage. Nice. One day a week we work out together. Oh, cool. Yeah. But she puts the music on. So she's the DJ. The other time I'm usually working, I'm listening to either a podcast or I'm watching a game or something. I just have too much shit going on. I wish I could disconnect. Yeah. I can't. What are you, you're a music yeah, guy, aren't I mean, you? Yeah. And I think too, like, I don't think working out would be as fun if I didn't listen to music, like especially putting headphones on and like starting on a treadmill or an elliptical. Like I think it's almost like a cheat code. It kind of gups you like when you're like, you start to get that feeling of, you know how like, I don't know if you're doing cardio or whatever, but like you get yeah. that feeling of like you're warmed up and like you kind of start to get that like mini little runners high and i think like the music kind of like adds a little element to it and yeah i can just go for longer with music it could be like i'm not like a marathon runner so i don't really care but i do it to like warm up i'll do it for like 30 minutes a day and like it makes me 
it like adds to the emotional side of it, I guess. But you love makes, to exercise. We've been over. I guess it's, like, yeah. It's but I game. like it because it makes music sound better. It's like the chicken or the egg. Like, I really huh. think the reason I love to do it is because like you get, it's, I'm like anyone else, the first 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, I fucking don't want to do this. Like, this sucks. I hate this. I don't want to work out. It's the worst. And then like, it'll get into it. And like, my body starts to kind of get into that like stressful and then something like those endorphins or something kicks in and then the music just sounds amazing. And then I just kind of am on autopilot the rest of the workout. And like I've tailored instructed my workouts so much that it is kind of like an autopilot thing, like by day, like I have it all written out. So it's, I don't have to like, that's, what's good about using a trainer too. Like they're telling you what to do. And that's like a, probably the best way to go. Mm-hmm. But like, once you have it like kind of down, you know what to do. And it is like, I just get done after my workout and it's like an hour and I'm kind of like, Oh, it's like, a, like driving home. You don't remember going home. It's like, Oh, it's done now. Like, and then you just feel great for like four hours after and then you just do it all over again. <laughs> what, how, uh, how long do you work out for? Are you like a two and a half hour guy in the gym? No. No, I used to be like, I think when I was like younger, it was always about like, it was more of like the mental, like how hard can I push myself? And then I got to a certain point where it's like, that's probably not, especially in season of like, I don't try to overdo it. I want to like sort of stress my body, not as much as I would like the day I'm pitching, but I want to get to the point where like, I want to do like a heavy push pull and like a squat deadlift, kind of like a variation of those within the week, just to get like that, that tension, like get that, like like what's the word i'm looking for like the compression like that it just feels so good like anytime i have any aches and pains i hit like a deadlift a squat and mobility everything just feels better goes away so but i don't overdo it at all off season i'll work out a little harder but i'm not really like trying to i'm trying to it's kind of like about longevity i want to get a good workout but i don't want to like murder my joints and stuff so it's been a year since you've thrown a competitive pitch and i know you've had such amazing perspective it really wows me every time that you haven't had a lot of these lulls, you haven't gotten to a dark place, all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But has there been a time over the first two and a half months of the season where you've either watched your team on television or been there in person where you've been like, fuck, I really miss this? Yeah, for sure. I think the thing I miss most is like the non-competitive thing is like the flights with the teams and like being on the, the flights is my favorite part of like the life of baseball. Like having like winning a series and then winning that game and then the getaway day, like that's the best feeling of baseball. Like knowing like you just have everyone and everyone playing cards on the flight, that stuff. But especially when the team's like not playing well, or it's like we're at home and like, I do get those moments where I'm like very itchy to be back on the mound. And like, what keeps me, I guess, sane is just knowing like, I know for me, like I used to be very like get ahead of myself. And like, if I do even pitching wise, it was like, well, if I do this well for a month, I'll have this CRA and this many strikeouts. And like, and all that's led to was like a lot more stress and like a lot more like me trying to grab stuff that I couldn't control. So it really is. I think now, like whenever I do start to get stressed about like, Ooh, I'm not playing like any time I can really identify, like, this is not something that I can actually control. I'm good about like catching it early and being like, okay, you're just stressing out because like your brain wants to stress out. But like, I guess the most like logical stress would just be like certain times where like it might not feel that great, but I've never had a time where it felt really that bad. Like there's never a time in my process of Tommy John that's been like, oh, I don't know if I can play again. So it's like when the moments of like, well, I'm sore today, it's like, well, no shit, you're sore today. You just got to, you have a new ligament in your arm, but like it always, I always recover. Everything always starts to like feel good. And honestly, I think the thing that helps me the most is working out. Like that's literally anytime I'm stressed about anything. I'll just get a workout in and then I don't care anymore. Like every time it's a hundred percent every single time. It's like the stress is not real after that. All right. So you're captain glass, you work out. What else are we doing to occupy our time? 
our brain? Uh, I listen to a, a lot of podcasts. I'm reading a lot of books, I guess, but like more like audible, like kind of on drives. Mm. Been hanging out with Megan a lot. She's mm-hmm. out here. So that's been awesome too, having her around. Like, cause most times, like it's the first season I've ever like been in the same vicinity as like my girlfriend, you know what I mean? So it's like, after I can just, we've been like hanging out basically every day. Or like, I'll go to her house, she'll go to my house. So it's like, if I can wake up and like kind of structure my day to know what I'm going to do, it's always a lot better. But there's so much like, un, I don't know, just downtime and like, you don't really have anything to, and you can't like you can map your day out as far as like books and not like podcasts stuff like that but it's not like i can go get a job or like it's not like it's I can, just the, it's so it's such the antithesis of what you're used to exactly and that's why it's like so i don't really know anything else so it's like and i get i don't know and that's the thing with like the thing i compare it to is i and like i don't want this to sound wrong but like i think when covid happened and everyone started talking about like the the monotony of like their day and like just having nothing to kind of look forward to and just like not really having i remember like almost like for a baseball player before covid and then during covid it was like the same like being injured is almost like covid you get to be around your team and stuff but it's you really don't like i have to be out of the clubhouse every day by like 1 30 so the team comes in and i can come back 30 minutes before the game starts so like there's a good period there where you don't have much going on and i'm just so That's used to it it it's is weird, so bizarre. I, like you, you, I know you're, you have a few hours to kill right now and then you're going to go back in your car and you'll drive and you'll be a spectator tonight for the Rays. Yeah. You'll have the best seat in the house for the Rays Yankees game. Yeah, exactly. So that I think the days that are the most annoying, I love when the team's home. That's always cool. Cause I can go and like, and uh, like, just, I don't know, go watch games. So I can, I know that I'm from seven to ten thirty. I have something to do. And then I get done every day at one, one thirty, And then I'll like, if I do get done with rehab early, I'll do like a sauna cold tub and like get all that. And then I'll go do maybe in the week, like a soft tissue or something like to, I don't know, like just to try to like anything like regarding health, I guess I'll go do until like three. And then from three to four, it's like finding stuff to do. And that's like book podcast. And also too, not to get all woo, but like, that's, I think like the meditation helps as well. Like I'll try Mm. to do that once or twice a day. And that always is like helpful. And it's easy for me to do that. Like, because I don't have anything else going on, you know, it's like, this is my only job. So like, it's very, it's really not hard. I think if anyone else was in this routine, of a baseball player, like they'd find the time to do all this stuff too, you know? And I also, if I didn't, I'd just be bored and like <laughs> have nothing else going on. So it's like you grocery shop. I love grocery shopping actually. Ooh. I love it. I love it. That's another thing I do. I've been cooking a bunch too. And like, I'll have days too, where I'll just take like two hours cooking for no reason. Cause I'm like, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> now, do you go to like a major grocery store chain or are you kind of the, with the, for the foo-foo? Like I try. No, to I'll go. I, I love Trader Joe's. That place is uh, awesome. Love Trader Joe's. I'll go to Publix too, though. Like it depends on what. Like if I'm just doing like a casual something, I'll go to Trader Joe's. Uh, I mean Publix. Sorry. And then if I'm doing like a day where I get done early, I'm like, all right, I'll go get food, and then I'll go maybe get like a soft tissue thing, like a massage for an hour, and then I'll go to the store, and then I'll go back, and then I'll cook lunch, and then generally I'll cook lunch and dinner when the team's gone, so it can like fill up another couple hours of my day. <laughs> I'm just. Oh, like trying to stay sane and staying busy. But why don't you start baking cookies for the team? You'd be like the team mom. I hey, everybody. I don't, I don't believe in cookies. <laughs> They're bad yeah. for you. <laughs> Mind you, you eat some desserts, don't you? I do. I do. I just don't want to bake them. Like if I want a cookie, I'm going to go somewhere where someone is good at baking them. Like me baking my own cookies isn't going to compare like a place, like a storefront or someone who's like, that's like their baseball. I, guess, I don't need to compete with that. Ba- you know, baked goods come from the heart. True. I'd rather like cook food though, or like do some like, 
I don't know. Like right, I'm, so I'm people are like probably slowly. dying to know what's the like what's the best thing Tyler Glass now cooks. I I'm boring as shit when it comes to cooking. It's all it's always just like a carb, a vegetable, and a protein, and that's essentially what I'll do. I'll do like a like a like rice and a rice cooker with like sesame oil and a little soy sauce, salt and pepper, and then just do that. And then I'll do like all like um, saute onions, like slow heat. What's that called? What's it when you when you're simmering something? Yes, there you go. Simmer. Nice. I'll like simmer onions and mushrooms and like coconut aminos and like white wine or like some vinegar and just that takes 40 minutes. So that's another 40 minutes out of my day. <laughs> and then I'll amazing. make like sweet potatoes and then I'll do like a steak or a lot of fish, usually a lot of fish. Yeah. I'll do a grouper and I'll do like two big pieces. Like it's a lot of food. Fish is hard to prepare, man. Not when you have this much time. Fish There's is super fish easy expert. to cook too. It's like Baseball fans, it is time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any game and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday this baseball season? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total runs, extra innings, and more. And boom! You have a shot and an even bigger payout. Do the Freed 5 and 5, I call it. Max Freed, 5Ks, 5 innings. Good to go. You get it. You money. Free money right there. Right now, if your same game parlay doesn't hit, which it will if you do the Freed 5 and 5, you can get a free bet back up to $10. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSE, and new customers can make any $5 MLB bet and get $150 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code ROSE, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Now back to the show. I know we've talked about this, where you do watch the team when they're on the road and they're on television. Did you watch the game where Devers threw the uh, no-hitter against the Rays and Anthony Rendon hit the left-handed home run against Brett Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Were you watching that? Yeah. What... I can only imagine as a... This was forever ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but we haven't had you on since this happened. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah. Were you amazed that a dude was able to hit a left-handed home run? No, it's Anthony Rendon. I was like... <laughs> and the, I don't know. I'm like, I wonder what his... I'm sure he's hit lefty joking around before. Like, he's had a lot of time to do it. It is very impressive. I'm not taking it away from him. But, like, that dude's... Guy can hit. So, I wasn't surprised because it's Anthony Rendon. So, No. Did you even bring it up to Brett Phillips afterward? We talked about it. I'm sure the dog. I don't remember what we talked about. Though we probably just joked about it for 20 minutes. Like we don't. Our conversations aren't like full of serious substance. It's just like stupid comments back and forth for like a long time. <laughs> like so, we yeah. I'm sure we just he covered that much ground to get from yeah, the mound. I know it kind of put like the perspective of like how unathletic a lot of pitchers are. Cause I'm like, I haven't seen that shit happen a lot. Like, I don't think a lot of pitchers are making that play. There's a lot of really good athletic pitchers, but like PFPs just don't seem to be like the, the focus of many people nowadays. Anyway. I mean, this really is. A oh yeah. This play. Duh, of course. Oh yeah. That isn't, that's definitely more out. <laughs> Such a... <laughs> I just want to know what he's thinking when he throws his hand up and starts running in. 
Yeah, that's pretty impressive. He's a freak athlete too. I think everyone already knows that, but that's what I think there's underappreciation for how athletic, especially outfielders are in baseball, like unbelievable athletes. And I just, it's like, you don't really get to showcase it that often. Rarely when you get to pitch sometimes, I guess you can. There's nothing I like more than watching guys run. I know. It's the thing I miss most in the three true outcome (laughs) arena that we're in these days, you know, home run, strikeout, walk. I love watching guys run the bases. I love watching guys try and cut the ball off in the outfield and make great defensive plays. And yeah, I'm a big fan of that shit. I think that's Costello starting to, they're going to do whatever they can to make it slowly come back. I think, I think that's, well, I think it is. Like, I'll yeah. be honest with you. My team, Cleveland, I know you guys haven't seen them yet, but the way they're constructed, it's like Jose Ramirez and the Who's. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of guys who are getting a good opportunity because they're young. They are the youngest team in the league, they don't have a lot of thump. You know, Fran mm-hmm. Reyes has had a shitty year, and he's been down on the injured list as well. But other than that, they don't have guys that can leave the yard. So they are yeah. taking bases. They have a lot of guys that are plus speed sort of dudes. I find it fun. At least I don't want 30 teams that are all trying to be built the same. Exactly. And that's an issue, too. I think once analytics – not the issue. I think if, like, just the analytics shows that. Like, how can you take advantage of, like, the metrics of baseball at this point? And this is how we're going to have most runs scored per games. And if you put the algorithm or, or if you put – it into a computer and spit it out. Like if I'm a GM, I'm doing the same thing until the rules are changed to where like, and I think that's kind of MLB is realizing how competitive it is and how much data is used to like, you can really not manipulate, but you can like get the most out of your guys and like do what you kind of like the strategy of like, don't like with the whole shift thing, you'd assume more hitters would try and it's hard. I get it. I'm not a hitter, but try to go the other way. But it's like you're incentivized as a hitter to like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about strikeouts. Like hit a home run. Like it's better to strike out a bunch of hit home runs. Like slugging is more important to where like, I think if the balls kind of stay how they are and like more rules come into play to eliminate that, I think you will see that like art of, of hitting come back. And there's a lot of guys who can still do it. And that's the thing. It's like, is it like the chicken or the egg? It's because GMs will say like, we want you to hit home runs. Don't worry about the shift. Just try to hit home runs. And I wonder when things change, if it'll slowly be like, okay, you got to get back trying to go the other way and like hit Mm -hmm. through this hole and that hole. And like, there's still some guys who are pretty good at that though. Well, but it's also because you guys throw so fucking hard. That's possible to string together three straight hits. Yeah. But no one practices it anymore either. And I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's, if guys were incentivized to do that more, maybe it'd be easier, maybe not, but like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, like a Whit Merrifield, he's been done, he's been doing it his whole life, but that guy can, I've seen some, and that's the thing. You're right. Like talking to the best hitters in the game, like he can do it like Rendon or like those like, like who like Anthony Rendon and like uh, Rizzo and like Merrifield and those dudes, like you can watch a hitter and be like, okay, this guy is just beating the shift. And that happens more than you think. Like you can watch a guy swing and be like, I know exactly what he's doing. And then I think that's where sometimes the disconnect comes in from like analytic type guys and like guys who've played for a bit, like, They'll be like, I'm looking at this hitter right now, change his approach to try and hit it the other way, but we keep shifting him over to the side. And then when it happens, I don't know. I don't have the data to show if it what's better and what's not. But I've talked to a lot of like veterans, especially like picking people's brains about like, I don't know. It's just obvious. I think it's certain dudes are like just trying to back leg, like touch something the other way. And some guys can do it. Some guys can't. Well, you know, what's interesting that I talk to so many hitters and they all say the same thing. I, I always say, is there a huge difference between a hundred and like 95? And they say it's not as much as you think it, it would be. 
And so when you your guy throws triple digits, mm-hmm. do you know that throw you would think that throwing a hundred would just be good enough? But you need something else other than just to be able to throw a hundred miles an hour in order to beat these guys, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, and I think not all hundreds are created equal. Like you have that's, I guess that's all, what I'm getting at. Yeah, like there's some there's some guys that like throw 92 and throw nothing but a fastball and can get because it's just like such a unique characteristic of a heater. Like they have 25 inches of carry that like Magnus force, like the ball looks like it's going to hit the dirt. And it's a strike. What does that with, mean? 25 inches of carry. So it's like, I don't know how to describe like the metric. Some teams use something different, but like a fastball, like if, if you get a guy who like a poche on our team has really good carry, you're like who else? Like Garrett was, was throwing like 24 inch, 23 inch fastballs yesterday. And I think sometimes we'll see him at like, 16 to 19 and like certain days he's better and it's just like the way you come off the ball and the way you ride the mound whatever angle your arms at if you throw a baseball like directly behind it you spin it really hard that like the way it like manipulates gravity i don't even know the term for it but like that force that like the the laces are like like opposing air i don't even know how to describe it but like it literally looks like it's going to hit the ground but it just like it doesn't lose its flight as fast so it's not like the ball's rising but it's just it's, it's not, not descending as fast as you exactly. Think. So like a normal average fastball is I think 15 inches of carry on like, so 15 inches. And then if someone who's really good, like a po 24 inches, it's like your eyes are so used to seeing that normal 15 inch fastball. Cause like, what is it too? What do they say about, you don't really see the ball. Like you only see it for the last 45 or whatever. What is it? I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like I mean, there's only so much of it you could see. Right. So you're basically guessing your brain is like guessing where the ball is going to end up. So if you see a 15 inch fastball all the time or 15 to 18 all the time, you're conditioned to like, okay, I see that ball coming out this way. And I know that it's kind of going to be here. And like, sometimes you'll miss below it or above it. But when a guy is thrown out of nowhere and he's 24 inches, you're swinging below it every time. Like a Verlander, if you look at most of his fastball swing, he misses it's dudes missing under the baseball by like four inches. So like you literally just don't know how to make the adjustment. And then someone who has like a, a slight like cut on their fastball, you're basically like guys who are uncharacteristic of the average fastball. So guys like that with like weird little unicorn heaters can just throw heaters and nobody knows how to hit it. And then if you have another pitch, it's like makes it even better. Fascinating. Right. It's a lot weird. of shit going on in the sport. Yeah. Hey, we're coming up on the six-year anniversary of your major league debut. Wow. I didn't know that. You did not? <laughs> no, it doesn't feel like I've been here that long. Maybe because I've been hurt the last like a little bit. Do you know what date you made your debut? It was July something, right? Or June? July? 14? Something? <laughs> July. I care more about this than you do. July 7th, 2016. I remember like where and how it went and how nervous I was. <laughs> I'm going to. Okay, well, let's let's take a little stroll down memory lane. Do you remember the first batter you faced? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Um, was it Dijon, Paul? No, right team. I know it was like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. He was, a, I was, he was a very bit player, this guy. So I, I will give you a pass on this. Okay. Greg Garcia. Yeah, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's your first major league pitch. Look at those awful mechanics. I can look at myself and be like, you're nervous. 93. Ha! Bad. Look, look at, at my parents. Dad. He's so nervous. They are so nervous. I, I love them. They're great. But look at you, little whippersnapper. 
That's I, you can like literally see how like soft I'm throwing. It's crazy. I've seen this video too. And there's just so much like let up on it. I'm just like, throw a strike, please. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's freeze the video on that, Rob. Okay. What is that hard for you to watch? No. I mean, from the standpoint of, do you feel like you are a different human being? Yeah, completely for sure. And why is that? Because it like, I think that would be harder to watch if I hadn't had any success at all in the big leagues. Like if I were to be like, not in the game anymore and i'd watch that i'd kind of be like i didn't seize the moment blah blah blah. but i think like looking at that it's like wow i have come such a far way since that like just that nervousness like the almost like that yip feeling for like a couple years from like 2016 to 18 like i had that weird little and i and like i think yeah it's just different it's just looking at it it's like wow that was that was a while ago <laughs> how nervous were you when you were on the mound do you remember so, the feeling so nervous i think it's more about the nerves come beforehand so i got on the mound i was still very nervous especially then from like those two years something happened then like i had like the mini yips it was a very weird something i can't describe like no confidence and it didn't even matter how like well i did it was just like this weird disconnect i had with like being on a pitching mound. I was just like the most foreign place I've ever been. All of a sudden, I think it was like the first time I started to fail. So I just, all the lessons I had to learn, like rushed in and I just like was so unequipped to dealing with it. Um, but yeah, it's weird. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know that you had the yips because we just had Tyler Matzik of the Braves on. He, yeah. he had, he had like the yip yips. Yeah. The yip. Now this is a guy who's a former high first round pick. Yeah. Got bounced from Colorado. He worked with a Navy SEAL mm -hmm. to strengthen him mentally and physically. Yeah. Went to an independent league before signing on with Atlanta and being a star in their bullpen during their World Series run. But he he freely talked to us about the yips because it's a tough word for guys for guys in the golf world and guys on a baseball mound to talk about because you're the only two people that know how to deal with that. I don't know other guys. You, no, your I shot could are. be off in the in the NBA. Maybe a kicker in the NFL has the yips too, but that's right. about it. I just, I think it's when you have so much like time to like navigate your conscious brain, like baseball so slow and there's so much time in between pitches that like, I think baseball is best when you operate in your subconscious, like that muscle memory, you've done it uh -huh. enough. You don't need to consciously think about all the things you're doing as a hitter. It's the same thing. Like you see the ball, hit the ball and there's adjustments that need to be made here and there. But like the more you can operate in your subconscious, the better off you're going to be. And I think if you are an over analytical, like OCD type, like perfectionist person, or you just care way too much about your results. Like you're going out there like, I hope I pitch well. Like if it's a fear-based type thing, that's I think when you start to run into issues. And I think once you stop, like what helped me, I think was maybe just realizing like, it's not that big of a fucking deal. Like I'm out here having like mini panic attacks and I'm like playing a game, like having the perspective of like, is this really that big of a deal? Like it's like at this point it's affecting my personal life. And it's like, I need to figure out like my priorities here. So I think, and accompanying with like having success and being like, okay, I did it. Like I kind of have a little moment where I can breathe. Like my whole life I've been working up to this moment. I got to the big leagues. I succeeded a bit and you can kind of check that off. And then like the lows maybe don't become as low and it's different for everybody. But I know too, our mental conditioning guy actually had a conversation with him and they talk about like the science behind the yips is not even like associated with like mentally for a lot of guys it's like a neurological issue that they've like apparently like found and it's just hey, like this weird disconnect can i tell you he thought he had a brain tumor yeah like weird shit goes on it's crazy i mean that is a that's a major leap from i'm not able to throw strikes to i think i'm sick right that's right 
That's a tough way to go, man. Wow. I know. How right, did he end up saying like he got, how did he, what were like, I don't know if it's like a short explanation, but like, what did he say? Like, yeah. helped him out the most? I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Not because I just want you to look, go listen. I would go listen, go find that part. Rob always marks each part of our things, uh, of our podcast. Go listen to that part. Cause I think I'd be doing a disservice if, if yeah, I I'll tried to explain to it what he went through. Yeah, I think I'll you go, would yeah. find it fascinating as a guy who deals with, with this stuff as much as you do. But I mean, he talked about how this Navy SEAL put him through some serious shit too. That's cool. Oh That's really cool. Yeah, it was fascinating. Really interesting stuff. So that was your first battery you ever faced in Greg Garcia. I think I can make you smile though. Hmm. This is your first strikeout. It was Molina, right? God, mighty no. It was it? Wait, 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 wait. No, it was. No, it was Goldschmidt. He wasn't even on the team yet. Was he? Oh yeah, you're right. Ugh. Who was it? I remember. No, I, he, I remember. No, it was Diaz. 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 Yes. Yeah. Okay, Diaz. I, I try to, those days are. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember his reaction. And then I was like, Ooh, he stole second shocker. Now, by the way, is that a slider <laughs> that you threw? It's a curveball, But like I said, I was just so scared the whole time that I wasn't finishing any of my pitches. So I was like tr- the whole time I'm pitching for these two years, all I'm thinking about are my mechanics. And like, why don't I feel perfect? I'm like, why don't I, why don't I feel like I used to feel? And then the more I dug into that mindset of like, why, 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 why? Like I need to bottle this up and pinpoint what's going on, why I can't throw strikes. I just got worse and worse. And then I finally was like, all right, fuck it. Like, just go throw the ball. Like I, again, with the subconscious thing, I'm like, all right, you got to stop freaking the fuck out about this. And then just practicing, like, just stop thinking about it. And it started to get better. But like, even there, like probably can't remember. Cause I literally was just thinking about my back toe every time I was pitching, like, <laughs> It's, like it's so weird because your, your breaking ball now is so good. It's like, it's almost like a right-handed Kershaw, right? It's so high. It's over the loopy. top. And it's like arms, I think, to any breaking pitch. It's like that late tight spin. And that's having a consistent good release point. And I think yeah. there, I'm so conscious of all my body parts that everything is late. And I'm so like thinking about my arm swing and like thinking about getting it out front. And when I'm trying and thinking about it, it's like, they're not connecting. Like it doesn't work. And so... I'm trying to fix things that I shouldn't be trying to fix. And I think after a while, you just got to let it happen. And my arm angle changed. Like I used to be a little bit like more under, I was like mm-hmm. trying to find a way to like throw more strikes and, and yeah, like now trying I'm just a lot it, more probably. And I'm like way more across my body there too. So then I have the problem of opening up as well. And so for me now, I'm very much down the mound, like learned how to like use my hips and my low half a lot better. So the ball travels a lot truer and I can throw it with a lot more like aggression and conviction because I, I'm missing this way now and I'm not missing this way. And like I had a couple of games there where I like I hit Cameron Rupp in the head. I almost hit Nola in the head. It's like it was so many. It was just me trying to be like, don't do that again. Like, don't, you know, and I just think once you figure out like, and dude, I was a they call me baby giraffe for a reason. Like I was like prepubescent there. You know, I even looked like a little kid. It's just I had no control over my body at all. I had no like limb awareness. So it was just tough. Man, that's rough, dude. It's weird. Um, I, I figure I'll bring this up. You're always such a good spirit. You're not going to give a shit. Do you remember the first homer you allowed? Let me think. I was just giving up so many. Especially no, stop. <laughs> He's still in the league. He just doesn't play there anymore. I re- The only re- the homers I really remember are like the fucking the crazy ones. Like Stanton hit one off of me. That was over the batter's eye. I was like, I'm going to remember that. Like those <laughs> ones are the ones I remember. <laughs> uh, like stuff like that. But who's the, the first one? It was in the Cardinals. I gave up a home run, right? Yeah, you did. I don't remember. Okay, here we go. This is Randall Gritchick. Yeah, 
He's actually hit me. He's gotten a couple homers off me. Quite a few. Yeah, he, he always does one. well against me. He got this one pretty good, actually. Oh, God. 79-mile-per-hour curveball. <sighs> Bad. What? What's it? When it's going good, what is it now? Oh, a good one's like 84. 80, mm. And then, like, a slider would be like 89. I wasn't throwing a slider, though, though. Yeah. And that curveball is just, like, loopy and late. It's too up. I want it to look straight. Right, so <laughs> there you go. It, that's fine. Yeah. That's your first start. Nice. Do you remember what your parents said to you afterward? Uh, I remember being fucking pissed. I just threw bad. I was like very disappointed because I was, I, I had like a no hitter going through four. And then I think oh, there was yeah, a guy that cashed in. I gave it one run and then the uh, reliever came in and then cashed the rest of them. Not being like, how dare he? It was more of like, I was mad. I let the guys on base. Right. I think I fielded a bunt and they took me out. And then I, the four runs cashed in. And by this time, I was only used to like giving up like a run or two in any minor league level I played in. So like four runs, I was like, what the, f-? like, that's not normal. Like, And I was pretty mad. Like my whole family was there, but it was cool seeing all of them. And like, I think everyone else too, and it wasn't like, they were very like, this is an awesome moment. But I think they could tell I was like, kind of pissed. But it was still awesome seeing my family. Went back to the hotel, hung out. Cousins, ever like friends were there. So yeah, a lot was, of people there, huh? Yeah, it was a lot. It was cool. That's great. I love seeing yeah. that. Like we just saw that on Father's Day. There was that kid at Encarnacion for the Marlins. His first hit was a grand slam. Yeah, that's sick. Dad was there. He got to hug him. That's uh, cool. You had the guy Bubba Kennedy hit his first homer was a grand slam the other day. His dad was there on Father's Day. Uh Zawinski, nice. I think the guy who had three homers for the Pirates, including the walk-off job. Just yeah, balls. look at that. That's crazy. Right? That's like sick. I I'm such a sap for this. Yeah, show. I like this, these moments are the best. Dude, the Pirates, the coolest thing about the Pirates, we had a father's trip every year. Oh, it was so badass. My dad, like, it's all he still, it's all he talks about. It's just how sick we were there for like three days. They got to go on the team flight with us and stay with us. And it was like every dad was just like, what is going on? Like, it, it was such a sick moment for all of them. And that's the stuff I'll remember forever. Like, I'll remember that more than, like, giving up home runs or, like, doing oh, well. Yeah. I'll remember, like, the weird little, like, the fun family moments. Stop. That is not weird. I no, not weird. The weird. Pirates I mean, like, non-baseball. Not weird. No, Brault has said the same thing about it, about yeah. the Pirates. I mean, he couldn't have been more effusive in his praise about it. Yeah, I don't understand why the 29 other teams, and maybe some of them do, don't do it. That is such an and it's such an easy thing to do. Right. I think maybe it's for some guys don't, it's like added pressure for some people. And I think a lot of times it's just disconnecting. Like a lot of the Latin guys aren't going to be able to do it. So it's like, you got to find a balance between like, you know, it's like uh, half the team isn't going to be able to catch other dads fly down. So I think like some teams are sensitive to that. It's like, or you can plan for it maybe and try and hit, like, but it's just, That's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It would take some planning. And I understand that. I want to respect yeah. everybody's feeling. Not everybody grew up with a, a great family situation either like you do. Right. Right. So I, and I understand that, but still. I'll be an advocate for it for sure. Absolutely. I would love to like try and do that. All right. I think you've probably done everything on here, but I don't know. Let me see here. <laughs> Visitor section. Feel good. You have, did I hit you on the opening wage? Your first job? Yeah, I think you did. I didn't have one. How many baseball. Guys just, all you guys did was play baseball and get signing bonuses. I know, I guess. What a lot of fourth rounder? Fifth. You get any dough? 600. Yeah, they were Good worried. Fifth you were round, for sure. They were worried you were going to go to what? 
Portland University Northwest of Portland or something. University like. of Portland. I think they won my junior year there. I think they won like one game. I don't know though. I have to go back and double check. They probably would have won three or four if you had started. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Meet and greet. You want to do that one? How you met your girlfriend? What? Have I met her? No. Do you want? <laughs> like topic called meet and greet. Do you want to tell us how you met your girlfriend? I'm letting you choose the wheel topic today. Yeah, didn't I? I think I did. I tell you that? I don't think I told you this. I don't think so. Have I? I saw her in the stands at a game. This is bad. Oh, it's this not is bad. Great. It's good. This is great. Our, and I've actually never done this before, ever. And like, I think that was a, when I first met her. She's like, "How many girls like have you done that to?" And I was like, "Actually, none. I've literally never done this before." And I saw her in the stands. And I was like, wow, she's really cute. And then I had our, our team photographer, like with his big ass cameras, was like, zoom in, I want to see. <laughs> and so he zoomed in and I was like, wow, she's really cute. And I, and I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Maybe we'll like hang out. And then I had, I wrote my number on a baseball and gave it to our, our ball boy and he ran it over to her. And then I, I said like, do you have a boyfriend? If so, like have a good night. And then if not, text me or I don't remember what I called me. I don't remember what I put. And then, she didn't text me that night or anything. And then she I had tickets to the next game as well. And then she threw me a ball with her number on it. She was like, you text me. <laughs> and then I texted her. And then we went out to dinner and I was just like, oh, this would be cool. Like, to, And then she was awesome. It was like really, really cool. We're like the same person. She's like very, very similar to me, like understand each other well. And I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. And then we just kept hanging out casually. And then now we're dating. That is amazing. Yeah. It was a it was a cool story. Did you save each other's baseball with the number? Yeah, yeah. She's very sentimental. She like saves all stuff. I'm like the I'm the most the least sentimental person I've ever met. Like even the fir- like the first pitches and the first like the, like maybe I don't maybe I need to start consciously trying to do more of that. But I don't have the ball that I think maybe it's in a somewhere. But she has like the ball and like she's very sentimental with a lot of stuff in her life. Like she's got yeah, let's a lot of stuff. Let's make sure your baseball with your cell phone number isn't floating around everywhere, please. Yeah, that's probably she that's has a that. great. She, story. I know she has that ball. I know where it is. Um, I don't have the ball she threw me though. Maybe I do. I gotta look. You're amazing. That is great though. You were you asked the team photographer to borrow the camera so you could zoom in on her. Yeah, the big old the, the giant yes. oldest, like Olympic ones. And I was like, I mean, this is a good idea. And yeah, you're gonna like, find yeah, it. You're gonna sure. find out if there's any sort of flaws on that face with that thing. <laughs> There you go. Does yeah, she know that part that you zoomed in? Yeah, I told her. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't offended, right? No, she's, I don't think I can offend her. Like, she is like, I'm sure I can. I can offend anyone, but she's like the most not like just chill, like non drama person I've ever met. I think it's because she works out often as well, too. I think that's why she's like the most, she's the least stressed out person that I know. Like, she's very good at like, she's like, takes her career and everything very seriously. She's kind of like a perfectionist, like, She's got a little of that, like, I want things to be perfect, but she's not like a get overwhelmed by anything. She's a, so, phys- a physician's assistant, right? Yeah. Yeah. So she do like having to go through like the stress of school and stuff. Right. And like, she's got a good perspective too. She doesn't like take herself too seriously. She, and I think the biggest thing is she has like a huge family and they're all in Tampa and they all like are very like, ju- they're just like cool. And I think that they, because they have a big family, like they're always like keeping one another humble and like, they're all just like the most down-to-earth people and so it's like uh they're just like all of them are very like good for one another like that big family vibe i think that's like the, the best way to describe it dude that's a great story i gotta tell you man that's it's really fun. good i like that <laughs> i'm i met michelle at a uh at a bar but it was set up 
Nice. Her sister and I worked at the same TV station in beautiful Reno, Nevada. Oh, and so very her, nice. sis, her sister asked me if I was single one day. I'd been out there for like a month. I was 24, maybe. I was like, really? She's like, it's not for me, you idiot. It's my sister. <laughs> so we you all went out. That and, look? She asked yeah. you if you were single, and you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I love Denise, but she's not my type. And okay, I'm there not. You go. So, um, we all went out in a big group and I remember walking in after doing a show on our, our big high school football show on a Friday night, I'm walking in with our, my buddy, my good buddy, Kevin Mahan, who I'm still friends with to this day. And I turned to him and I was like, God, I hope that's her. We sat down, we talked here. We are 27 years later. That's awesome. Were you on like, were you on your game that night? Or like, I guess it's not about game, but it's like, you know how some people you talk to and it's like, this doesn't really work. I have to think too much about what I'm going to say. Like, was it like immediately like, oh, this is, this is a good, good back and forth. It was excellent. That's good. In fact, cool. I was pissed because she went out on a date with a guy two nights Ooh. later. Well, first of all, she called me hammered the next night from a casino. Nice. I was working. I was doing the sports, <laughs> the weekend sports in Reno. I pick up the phone in the sports department because we didn't have cell phones back then. I'm like, hello. She's like, yeah, it's Michelle from last night. I'm like, hey, how you doing? She's like, you want to come out to the casino? I'm like, well, I've got a newscast. Well, I got to do one in. 11 o'clock i'll be done by 11 30. she's like yeah why don't you roll over so i went over there we just hung out we talked all night and denise comes home at like 1 30 she walks in the door she goes what the fuck are you doing here it's like it's good to see you again too denise. yeah hi what's up <laughs> like you're the that's one who awesome. kind of set us up are you mad yeah so yeah you're welcome that's great that's awesome yeah, yeah it was nice denise started her um maid of honor speech by saying i'm the reason you're all here nice so it's a good way to start it. That's always the hardest part too. The starting of the best man or the maid of honor speech. Oh, but you killed it on your speech. It was good. I was so nervous. That was equivalent of my debut nervous too. <laughs> but here, I think you, you at least knew where the speech was going. You didn't know where the baseball was going. Yeah, exactly. True. No yips on that speech, brother. Mm -mm. All right, man. Um, go take that captain's hat out to the, uh, to the bay. Please. Oh, well, I need to. I gotta get some sun. Yeah, take one photo, post it on your Instagram. Just say, I love my John Boy Media Rose Rotation family. Thank I'm you so much it. for my Next time I'm on the boat. I haven't been on the boat in a while, but yeah. when I am on it, I'm going to bring it. I know oh, I'm your going family. in July, too, so he's like, before then, it'll work, but if not, in July, you'll see. Them. Please, yeah. Uh, tell your family hi. I, I miss I conversing with them. Never tell did. your family hi as well. I haven't said I hello in a long time. Yeah, that's okay. They yeah. still love you. They love you. They are, they're always entertained by you. A uh, special shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Robbie Scirocco, our summer intern, Alden Stone, who's throwing 89 in the pen these days. That is Tyler Glass now. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.